Everyone's got opinions when it comes to leadership, and let's be honest, how many experts do we all know? But where can we find real leadership advice that's not BS? Well, look no further. Welcome to No BS Leadership, where on each episode, we attempt to expose the gap between what leaders think they should be doing and what actually works without the BS. Listen in as we irritate some, inform others, and challenge all leaders to discover a better path to the leadership excellence we all want. Here we are again, back in the no BS leader, no leadership BS land. <laughs> wow, no BS land. Period. No, none allowed. Oh, it's always fun to be here with these guys. I just have a ball. We talk about some really interesting subjects, but before we get into days, which is on values, how about you guys say howdy to the to our listeners out there? She remembered us. Howdy. I did. I did. I'm not an island. I'm here with y'all. So, so you're, you're an Indian. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, Mr. Geyer, sing hello to everybody. Hey, Myra, thank you. I, like you, love our times together in these recordings. I look forward to them and I hope we're bringing value to people. In fact, I know we are because uh, what? Downloads are over 69,000 so far. Just, just look, hit look that. Look at us go, Jess. Yeah. Which is is wonderful. And Mr. Conroy. How you doing, baby? <laughs> I know no, that's, that. I, that's a wrong yeah. podcast, man. <laughs> Let's get it on. Uh, and Dr. Sam. Oh, my goodness. Here we are, friend. Hopefully give you all something of value when we talk about values. Yeah. <laughs> and last but not least is Mr. Chuckles himself. <laughs> Chuckles the clown for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. Glad to be here. Cannot wait. Oh, my gosh. I love it. It's so much fun. I'm, my sides hurt already. And it's freezing cold out here. Because you can still see my breath from the van. This is awesome. Yeah. Did you say breath? You said breath. My yeah. breath. My breath. Uh, I got to enunciate. Meth. Not even once. Don't yeah. do it. <laughs> wow, that escalated. Oh, it did. But <laughs> what, nowhere. What, what a segue into values. What a segue into values. Exactly. And, uh, you know, it's values aren't something that that we talk about a lot. We, we talk about mission, vision, values, and we put it to the side. Because values is something that we make our decisions from. It is something that we, we connect with. And when as a, a corporation or a company, we have our values, it is it's fun, very fundamental to our beliefs and ideas as a corporation. But here's the deal. Not everybody's values are going to buy into that. It's just... The nature of who we are, it's that we have different ideas and different beliefs, which come from our values of how things ought to be. So my question to you today, and I want you guys to think about this, is our company has values. We have personal values, but we also have work values, what we want to get out of our job. It's a subset from our personal values. What can happen? When your personal values don't line up with your company values. And before we get into it, I wanted to talk a little bit about one of the assessments we do that is so much fun that actually 
measures values in six different categories is the 12 driving forces. And actually, it is six driving forces in the continuum on each end of it. Obviously, we don't have enough time to go into every one of them today. But I do want to go into two that I think uh, cause the most, not trouble, but the most misunderstandings when it comes to meshing values. And the first one that I want to talk about is how we value power. Now, according to the assessment, there's two ends of the of the spectrum here. On one end, we value working together. We value being supporting and sharing power and recognition. On the other end of the stick, we value status, recognition, and control, but moreover, our personal freedom. So I'd like to hear, I'd like to hear about your experiences in this particular area. And then we'll go on to the other one after we run this one through its course. But what have you run into in the, that particular value or a subset of it that has gotten in the way and messed with your company culture or company cultures that you've worked with? So when I went to the Disney Institute, there was a whole section on alignment, on value alignment. And it's the three-way, it's a three-way alignment. It's your personal alignment. It's the company, the personal values, the company values, and your department's values. And, and do you align with all three? If they align with all three, you've got the best case scenario. If, if you get two out of the three, you're going to have a rub in, in that one week area. And what they always talk about is you always have that conversation about values and you talk about the company values during the hiring process. And that's why you do a probationary period. And, and it's got your probationary period's got to be more than 30, 60, 90, because anybody can fake it for 30, 60, 90. But it's, you've got to stick to your company values. The people that you bring on board have to be a, have some buy-in on those values. My worst case scenario is I had team members that, as I found out, their value did not match. And it created chaos. It creates, it's, I don't want to say a cancer, but it created chaos and it created division amongst the employees until we, we had to make an adjustment and take care of that. But that's, it can be devastating to a company. If you have people on your team that whose values do not align with your company values, it can do some real damage. Do you think it's worth having a deeper conversation with, with somebody that you are interviewing or have that part of the interview process? Yeah, I think there's a, a portion of that. And Carol Quinn wrote a book. Carol Quinn does not endorse this show yet. She called motiva- motivational hiring, where it talks about what's motivating. You shouldn't have to. You shouldn't have to motivate people. You should be hiring motivated people, and that's her big Absolutely. belief. And that's her big belief. But the other thing that I have globbed onto in, the, in recent years is the DISC behavior assessment. I think anybody can say anything they want to say during a, a, a face-to-face interview. I think the DISC assessment and, and the 12 driving forces give you a little bit more insight onto who they are and the way they operate. But I also think you need to, you need to ask them seriously questions on why do they want to work for you? Not so much, can you do the job? Any, anybody can do the job, but there's a reason why they're at your doorstep. Right. Now, I hired an assistant and she seemed to be a really good fit. In fact, she was a good fit. She was a great assistant. But my values were, are, still are today, is be self-starting. 
learn what your box is, and then use your own ingenuity and resourcefulness to get the job done. That wasn't her value. Her value was, I'm not going to overstep my authority. I want to be told what to do. Then I know that I'm safe and I'm doing what I'm supposed to. Mm. That made us clash big time. I It took me a long time to understand that's what her values were. I want to be in charge of my own destiny. I really chafe when somebody tries to, to put me in that box. She flourished in that box. So it it... I could have, by not trying to understand that, and we did give her the 12 driving forces so we could take a deeper look at that, is I could have lost one of the best assistants I ever had. She ended up staying with me. Well, she's still with me part-time, but over 12 years. But it was because we learned to mesh our values. Does that make sense? Yeah, and and sometimes that's a good thing. But I would never have known it, uh, is my point. right. Yeah, if you didn't know, if you didn't do the the twelve driving forces, if you it was that what that got you to to that tipping point where you guys finally said, "Oh, wait a minute, I understand now." That eye opening aha moment of this is what her values are. This is how I, as the leader, as the boss, need to and required to now take care of my employee so that their needs are met, so that they can do the best job possible. Yeah, and what it what the twelve. Uh, driving forces assessment actually did was open up the conversation. It made me curious why she would want to only, she was way far over on the collaboration into the scale, way far. She was not going to take action unless she was taking action with the uh, consensus of the group. Yeah. Uh, and consequently, she was like five on, on, the disc scale on a D. She she was waiting to be, it didn't make her a bad assistant. It just made her make decisions differently than I would have. And it opened up my eyes. And Jeff Geyer and I were talking earlier before we got started because he has a military background and this doesn't work so well. He's got an awesome <laughs> Yeah, he does. So it doesn't work so well in the military. Can you chime in a little bit on that, Jeff? Thanks, Mike. My service is now uh, decades ago, and, and the, the military, just like any organization, has been evolving over time. And the intent here isn't to get into a discussion about... Were, were you part yes. of the Colonial Army? Colonial. I was a musket ball roller. Yeah, I don't know. Come on. Yeah, colonial armor. Yeah. Um, Wave with all your fingers. Yeah. When you went in the military, the basic training, which was really only six weeks long, the, the whole goal was to uh, eliminate what you brought with you and build back what the military, and in my case, it was the Air Force, what the Air Force wanted you to value. And so you... I don't think I had to compromise um, who I was. In fact, that experience, I help, I think, helped identify who I was. But you, you're absolutely right. If your values are totally opposite of what the what the service wanted you to be, you're not going to do it. And you saw that all, all over the place with conscientious objectors and, and what have you back in the day. So, yeah, you're, the values have to line up. They absolutely do. That experience would translate into to other companies, not just the military. But sometimes where you're working or the experiences you're going through are helping you identify uh, the values that you already have that maybe you didn't even know you had. Obviously, it's a more scientific and better way to to take the assessment and do the, the driving forces. But sometimes I think we just 
go through life and don't really think about what we value and don't realize that a lot of the decisions we make are based on those deep-seated values that we're not even cognizant of. I'm curious about the academic world, Sam. Does, how does individual values play into, and I don't want to say rigid because the military is more rigid in its structure, but it certainly um, has a structure that I would think doesn't always allow for the expansion and the contraction of different values. An interesting question because there are so many different angles to it. And I say that because if you are truly the academic side of the house, that's one of the things that they, they value strongly is that independence in your research, independence in how you teach what you teach. The side I was on, you know, the student affairs side, we valued some creativity and some thought, but as we've discussed before, there's also some legal entanglements. So you can't be completely willy-nilly and just go do what you think you want to do. There's a construct and a boundary to it. And if we uh, <laughs> do the things we think we want to, then our values are being shown as ours. If we do the things we should do for the institution, for the students, that kind of thing, then we're following the institutional values. When those things come into conflict, what's going to give? It's either going to be the individual personal value or that person is going to find a different value set someplace else. And I've had uh, conversations with folks about that who worked at a uh, Catholic institution and were upset they couldn't discuss contraception, couldn't even discuss it. So are you going to change the minds of the leadership or are you going to move? Because those seem to be the options that unless you see a third way to go, and are like, yeah, there's not much room here to breathe on that particular topic. Okay. If your values are so strong, you can't not have this conversation, then find a space where you can have that conversation. Wouldn't that be part of the, the onboarding process of explaining the values of the organization? And they know that in your, in this case, Catholicism and the, and the lack of talking about certain topics. Work, work, I used to work for a Catholic organization, and, I, and I'm very familiar with that. Right. So yes, and, or maybe yes, but even, um, we know the values. And we, when people sign on to a company, they can read whatever's on their website. They can get all the information. But when the abstract turns into reality, that's when things start to happen. So to give you an example, I worked in the Midwest, and it was cold in the winter. It was cold, 40 below cold. And people would end up leaving and would say, in part, the winters suck here. And I had a colleague say, <laughs> well, they knew the weather before they signed on, what they think was going to happen. And my argument was, there's one thing to be cold. There's one thing to have your you know appendages feel like they're burning when you walk across campus because the wind chill is so bad. Yeah. So there, it, there's living in it, and then there's thinking about it. Dealing you live in it, it yeah. you realize this is much worse than I imagined. Yeah, so yeah. To move on. So to your point, the onboarding, we're also, I shouldn't say we all, we can be romanced into the the allure of a new job. People love me. This is great. I belong. I fit. And so all the little hints of things that look like that could be value conflicts, I think we can dis dismiss. Oh, it won't be that bad because all this other stuff is awesome. Well, the thing that won't be that bad turns out to be a stronger value than you do. And it turns out to be a really point, a pivot point for a decision process. So isn't it amazing though on how much values can bend if things are going well. So if the organization's doing really well and you bring in a couple of people that don't share the same values, it turns out they don't, but they're doing exceptionally well. It's amazing how many businesses will say, yeah, even though they're doing this, look at our profits go. 
Right. That's, so that's when you start having that conversation of, are these really our values or are they our, or, or are they our yeah. hobbies? Because yeah, that's great that profits are growing, but you're, you got scorched earth going on here. Right. Mm-hmm. I can't re- remember the exact name of the, the condition or the, the situation, but when people do good, they feel like that gives them license to do less good. In, in the name of a business, a corporation, that's the exact same thing. If they say, we've done, given this many, this much money to get uh, carbon credits or whatever. Therefore, it doesn't matter as much that we're polluting the environment over here. Well, okay, what do you believe? In? <laughs> just buy your right. buy your your good good value, or yeah. do you believe in not polluting the environment? It's a hobby, and it, it's yeah, and it's a real thing. I mean, there's studies oh, yeah. on this, and it's true. You know, but it's a, it's good a, it, and get permission to do bad. It's amazing how much stuff people will put up with as long as things are good. But when they go bad, then. Shit gets real. Another thing that we forget about is we have a tendency to, as humans, to assess other people based on how we measure things or how we judge things. I was going to say, we, that's called judging people. <laughs> <laughs> we don't assess I don't, them. We're judging them. Instead of judge on it, I'm allowed to judge. Yeah, I'm okay. okay. <laughs> you caught me. But, but not only do we judge them against how we you know, feel is the right thing because it's our values. But we can't imagine how they can be so far away from what we think is right or a value. Now, I'm not talking about moral values here. I'm talking about things we value, such as hard work. Some people value hard work. The others are, I don't want to have to work anymore than I have to. This could be a whole podcast on politics dealing with that. Well, well, we're not (laughs) going to do that. that I can't believe I actually brought up politics. I'm sorry. Yeah, I can't. You said the P word. I said the P word. Sorry. Don't say the P word. Gosh. But my my point is, if if somebody came in and said, we believe in autonomy here, that's one of our, that's one of our highest values is you get the, we'll give you the box, you figure out how to make it work. Yeah. And and it's somebody like my assistant. And she thinks, oh, I, I could probably do that because she really has no idea just what that means. Just like when you come into the Midwest, believe me, you have no idea how cold it can get. You have no idea how big the bugs can get. One of my <laughs> values is no bugs. Okay. <laughs> Don't move to Indiana because they have great big bugs. Is that a value or is but, that a tolerance? <laughs> that's a <laughs> value. No bugs. One of the things I've come, I'm sorry, Mike. No, go ahead. One of the things I've come to understand and believe is that there are many values we can have and we can change and pick up new values and, and lose or drop old values. But there's some relatively small set of values that we hold what I describe as white knuckled when you're squeezing your fist so tight that your knuckles get white and I'm not going to let go of these things. And Every individual and every group, whether it's military or corporate or church or what what have you, every group has a set of what I call white knuckled values, things that they no matter what will not let go of. And I go so far as to say, if you don't know what those white knuckled values are for you as an individual or in your organization, there's a process to go through to identify what those are and you need to do it. Your life and your culture and the results of that stuff will get better very quickly. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's, it's think, about being in alignment with who you are, yes, your person and what you do. 
And if you have those in alignment, you're going to, you're going to be relatively, hopefully stress-free, less stressed, I should say. Less stress, uh, yeah. And less stress. And if you also have purpose and passion, as like some of my values are, it has to, number one, it has to be fun. Like I've done terrible jobs, but as long as it was fun, I was like, cool, I'm down with this. This is okay. As long as it's fun. And that's a part of who I am. Fun is what I do. And so if I go into a situation where this is not fun, I'm like, peace, I'm out. I don't want to do this. This is not my, my jam. And I don't care. It's this $10,000 engagement. I, I don't really care. I don't want to do it. This is not okay. Like I'm not willing to budge on the fun right. thing. That's a, and so, so fun is your, one I, of your white, fun, knuckles, I, right? one of my white knuckle things and integrity. And so those yeah. things, if you, if you are forced to go against your values, uh, and the work values do not align, you're not going to make it. You're not going right. to make it in that organization. But if you don't even know what yours are and you go into a situation and all of a sudden you're feeling stressed and you're feeling angst and you're going, why is this happening? And like, I like the job, I'm good at it, but man, this, this is just, there's something not right. It's probably those values. It's probably that. It, it's that's really, really interesting. Fun is not high on my radar. I enjoy fun, but it's, it can get in the way of what's really important to me. And that's knowledge. It's and that, that Yeah. <laughs> but I'm, no, I'm serious. And I, I acknowledge I'm like 90, what do they call it? Intellectual. I'm like on my 12 driving forces. It is the <laughs> highest. It, I have to learn something from what I'm doing. If it's fun, adds an extra boost. But I have to learn something from what I'm doing. And that's the quickest way to suck me in or kick me out. If it's a dull, repetitive, boring task, I'm out of here. So that's interesting that, and and is it what a great example of how we can find differences and still work together as as long as there's a crossover there. I just, the whole driving forces thing is, fascinates me. So you and I are very similar, I think, and I think my, my, my driving force for knowledge is very high as well. I think it's my number one. And I think that's fun. I love to learn new things. I love to learn different things. That is fun and engaging for me. So it it could be something that I will never, ever use, but just that knowledge is fun. It's it's an interesting tidbit of knowledge. That was fun. And and it it plays into things. But like you, I very much agree. Yes. I am vehemently agreeing with you. (laughs) That's that's good. That is a good thing. We're going to run out of time here before I get to even the second one of these. There is six categories altogether, if I didn't mention that before. Fascinating um, insights into what drives people, what their values are. And of course, this is something that we do. And if you find that you're having troubles just pinpointing, why is why are these two people not getting along? That's one of the most obvious things that happen. And in methodology, oh, you find it there. Because on one end of the methodology, you have, this is the way we've always done it. They want to try and true. They don't take risks. On the other side, they say, bring it. And never the twain will meet in the middle without a lot of sparks. Because that is, that's a real core driver for what motivates them. So anyway, I just want to throw this out. If you find that you're having problems in your culture that... You just don't understand because they're both valuable, good people, or just somebody's going renegade on you. This may be exactly what you need 
And if you'd like to find out more about, about it, you can send us an email, ask us at leadershipbs.co, or you can uh, come to our Facebook page and just, or send us a, a direct message there. Happy to answer any questions. And I'm going to put a link to a really interesting assessment. It's free and it comes from a, um, I'm sorry, a Barrett Value Center in the UK. And they did, it's a fascinating thing to take and it, value, and it measures your values and where you are with those. And most notably, they pointed out that your values can change. So I'm going to put the, that link in the show notes as well. If you just would like to explore that, I promise you they do not spam you. I haven't heard from them once since I did this, but I got a very interesting, just an assessment of where, of what my values were doing for me and how I could take a look at, at maybe a stronger look at some of the others. But anyway, anybody have any last words to add? This was a fascinating discussion. You know, well, I really my- quickly is when we talk about values, uh, go deeper than the word. And they may say integrity, but you have to understand what is meant by that precisely. So you don't have a disagreement on the value you think you agree on. There you go. Right. Yeah. yeah that, that's right. good. I, I was going to say, Dr. Sam, that, that we, we've just barely scratched the surface on this topic. And if there's more or you're, you're thinking that it, this kind of rings with me, I need to look into that. Reach out to us or take that assessment Myra's going to put in the show, show notes and, and let's get started because identifying values is uh, one of the foundational pieces to uh, lifelong success. And one of the easiest to overlook as unimportant. Yes, yes, absolutely. All righty. With that said, I I went a little bit over, so I apologize for that, but hopefully it was interesting. Let's make 70,000 downloads if we can. We're just over 69, so sign up, Get uh, make sure you don't miss one of them. All right, they... Thanks so much for listening, and we hope to hear from you soon. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the No Leadership BS Podcast. If you have any stories, questions, or comments you would like to share with us, please email us at askus at leadershipbs.co. That's askus at leadershipbs.co. Don't forget to give us a five-star review so we can reach more people. Thank you so much and tune in next time. We'll see you then.